Sherry. Today we welcome best-selling author Sagar Konstantin, and we're going to we talked about writing and inspiration and our favorite books and our favorite movies and all kinds of fun stuff. Here's Sagar. Hi, Sagar. Welcome to the show. Thank you and hello. How are you doing in uh, your end of the world? <laughs> Very good, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, we are. It's in. We're we're really hot here. Is your summer hot or not yet? Well, we are just at the beginning of our summer, and it's been quite rainy and a little bit cold. But I'm I'm hoping that you know we will get a little bit better weather soon. So, but uh, up until now, it's been a little bit too rainy, for my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember when uh, I was going to graduate from junior high school, and my mom said, you know, it could rain in June. And everybody that was on the PTA committee, oh, no, no, don't be ridiculous. It never rains in June. Guess what? (laughs) It rained. Yeah, yeah, it's always like that. But, you know, one thing we we do have here, I live in Denmark, and uh, we have these long evenings where the sun doesn't really go down until you know 10:30 at night so it's it never really gets dark and i i really love that i love those evenings where you just have you know these this light all all night long you know that's interesting mm. so so you're you're higher up in the hemisphere yes yes do you see Not the a- um i forgot what they call them the um from the core of the earth um you know the line no we don't we're not that high we're oh. not that high we're below uh, norway and sweden but we still have this beautiful light and we're, we're actually going towards in uh, in the end of june it's the longest day we have here and and it hardly doesn't get dark you know uh, it's it's 11 at night right now in denmark and i Outside, it's not even dark. I can I can see around. It's so um, it it is quite amazing actually to to experience these really really long days. That's neat. So if yeah. you have long days, do you also have long nights in winter? Oh, don't mention it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that, uh, that is not my favorite. It's it's uh. just. You know, it's we hardly it's we do get to see the sun but but you know sometimes when it's raining at in winter and it's really dark you you have days where you think 
it never got light, you know, and 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 it's so depressing because but because you have this darkness all day, you know. So um, so we have to enjoy it in the summer when we have all this light. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it just kind of made sense to me that if it's really light in summer, it's yeah. got to be really dark in winter. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. Because I guess your placement on the planet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's kind of cool, though. Um, so, when, what kind of um, books did you read as a child? Were you into reading? I have to admit, I wasn't. I I never been a big reader, to be honest with you. I I um I do watch a lot of movies, and I love watching movies, and I think the way that I also write my books is, is very very uh, visual, you know, because I I see things and then I, I write what I see. And most of my inspiration comes from movies, how they build up a story and how they, they have the plot, how they describe their characters, how they move, how they talk and everything like that. But uh, after, after you get all these audiobooks. I have listened to a lot more books than I have ever read, to be honest with you. So, no, when I was a child, I wasn't into reading. And I think, you know, my, my father was a big reader and our house was full of books. So somehow I got this probably, you know, this uh, resistance to books because it was just all over our house, all these books my, my dad had, but uh, but I love books today, and I have a lot of books, but I don't get that much time to sit down and, and read, so I prefer to listen to books most of the time. Like when you're driving or something. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I love it. I, and, and, you know, before I didn't really enjoy driving that much, but now I can actually really look forward to to a to a drive because I know I can get back into this book that I'm listening to. So for me, it has also been very very important to to make my books into audiobooks as well because I love it so much myself. I think that's very interesting. I actually am kind of diverse myself. I love books. I love reading, but I love movies. I love TV shows. I love plays. I mean, I just like creativity and and mm-hmm. and beautiful presentation and drama and comedy and all of that. When you were uh, got into the movies, was it like, you know, do you have like a real visual memory of the first movie you saw and why it kind of drew you in? I think the first movie I saw was a James Bond movie because my it, it was just you know when I was a child we 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 didn't see that many movies on on television because they weren't there so we went to the movies to see them and my dad he uh, he actually sneaked me into one of those uh, James Bond movies before I was old enough to see it so uh, <laughs> I, I I really mostly I remember the beginning because I was so fascinated you know these old James Bond movies with this old music yeah. and the gra- graphics weren't that great but, but you can still watch them because they're amazing you know so uh, that's that's what I remember and also the uh, Hitchcock movies the birds I think it's called in, in oh, English God, you know that's a scary oh. one it's a scary one for uh, sure. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm more of a fan of like To Catch a Thief and Rear Window. Mm. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of that movie. I just remember it. That, you know? Oh, okay. The only reason 
I even watched the birds was because Rod Taylor was in it, and he's so cute. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I was a kid back then, so I don't, I don't even know. I just remember these awful birds chasing the human beings, you know. So, but uh, yeah, yeah. But I, I always lo- love movies. I, I think there's something about movies. But, but you get the same in books when you when you read books and and you get into this story and and you really you're drawn into it and and you you live in the books as well so mm-hmm. so I, I i really i love both i mean it's different but still they they do have something in in common books and, and movies i think oh yeah of course they're all about the story it's all serving the author yeah. the screenwriter or the author it's, that's what it's about is the story i mean I don't know about in your country, but my country, for a long time, even though the screenwriter, if there wasn't a screenwriter, there wouldn't be a movie, um, was basically thought of as a, 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 just a, a part of the crew. They weren't actually thought of as very important. And in, um, now there's, there's, it's sort of starting to... It, it, the, the, it, it's not like the theater where the theater, the the playwright is very important. But if you don't have a screenwriter, then you can't have a movie. No, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. The actors yeah. have nothing to say. They're just kind of looking yeah. pretty and looking at each other. You know, there's nothing... <laughs> yeah, nothing that, happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. It's, yeah. it's just always annoys me. <laughs> I I always try to find out who wrote movies because I think it's so important. It's um it's just like I always I always want to know who the author of a book is. So um, you know I want to know who the a screenwriter is. And sometimes I yeah. find them as fascinating as the film that they create. <laughs> Yeah, of course. I mean, there's always something behind the story, and also I, I, I mean, because I'm an author, I'm also very interested in seeing if if they make a book into a movie, because I also think that is is a really interesting perspective, and and uh, there's so many great movies that actually comes from books. Yeah. So So that is that is also amazing, I think. Yeah, and that's a hard thing to do because you have to condense it. But yeah. but you still have yeah. to have the fullness of the book, even though you're condensing it into a smaller format. Because yeah. It, yeah. It's a very uh, – I tried my hand a little bit. I took classes and stuff at UCLA and tried to learn, but it's really a quirk, a, 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 a special talent to write a film. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I, and today, I mean, I think, you know, they're a little bit – Maybe I don't know if they are, but but they they can do a series instead, so they have you know <laughs> and more time you know to to uh, to unfold the whole story. But still, it is a really tough task, and I I don't think you can ask an author you know to do it or be a part of it because it's just too hard. Also, for an author to to take something out of the storyline that you actually put in there and thought was really important, and also creating the characters. And finding out who should actually play one of these characters, it, it must be really, really hard because you have a picture in your head, of course, as an author, you created these uh, different characters. So I think it's 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 very interesting, but it's also a big, big challenge to do with that. I, I agree. But I, there are a lot of uh, 
authors, book writers who are very involved in the movie, like mm, Dan, right. Dan Brown and, oh, sure, yeah. and um, the man who wrote uh, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, the mm. book of that. He he was very involved in the movie, you know. Mm. It, it, it 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 I think it takes a I I I don't really it's sort of a commitment. If you really yeah. love your book and you want to see it, the movie at least reflect your book, you want to be involved when it gets um, bought for the movies, because otherwise sure. they can do anything with it. Yeah. I mean, I must admit, if if my books were ever to be made into a movie or a series, I would love to be involved in it because it. it first of all, I think it's really interesting. You know, I don't know if you know, but I worked in television many years ago, so you know, I I work with the media, and uh, I would love to be involved in in a movie making process. I thought it would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, I was an actor, so I have a little different perspective. Oh. Yeah! Wow. But um, in the 80s, when I was young. <laughs> but um, but I, I, I think that it's really interesting um, because, well, I also like theater. And I think that one of the interesting things is when a play becomes a movie, it, like, flips because in theater – the writer is the king, the, the playwright. Mm. I mean, they're the ones who dictate everything. Uh, like, say it's a Neil Simon comedy. He's the lord of the stage. I mean, he's the one who says what goes on, what goes off. He is in consultation with the director, but it's the uh, playwright. But once one of his plays become a movie, say like Barefoot in the Park, then it switches, and he he wrote the screenplay for his for his play when it became a movie, but the person who becomes king is the director, because yeah. movies is a director's medium. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it must be kind of strange. <laughs> Although That's he did it quite often, so I guess it didn't yeah. bother him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That that is true, yeah. But it must be kind of strange to go from you know you what you say goes to you're in collaboration with the director who what he says or she says goes. <laughs> For sh- and especially if you don't agree, it, 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 it's it must be really really hard then. But I hope hopefully people do agree or find a way to to work through it. So. Well, that's another thing. Theater and film are collaborative efforts, so they kind of have to. Mm, <laughs> I mean, absolutely, they have to. They, it, 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 I know that there's like famous scandals and stuff like that of um, writers, directors, and and um, actors not getting along and stuff. But really, movies would never get made if there was no collaboration. <laughs> mm, no, that's true. Yeah. And how many great movies? So, so that that is great. That's great. They can work together, and I, especially I think it's it's great when they do take books and and turn them into movies. So, I I love that. I love watching movies like that. So you would like if someone offered to buy your book, you would want to be involved. I would love to be involved for sure. Yes, I would think that would be absolutely amazing. 
I don't and I think yeah sorry, sorry. I was going to say I don't know about casting because casting usually is the director's thing I mean I maybe you'd get a good director who would uh, you know uh, consult with you but it it's just like I like the Dan Brown books I love them and mm. in my mind I had my own view of the professor in the Dan Brown books and yeah. as much as I admire Tom Hanks, and I do, he just didn't mm. fit my my view of that character. Um, he did. He does a great job because he's a great actor. Mm. But it just, I was, I was thinking more Harrison Ford, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that that's a, he's a he's a different person. Uh, yeah, for sure. I don't know. I know. You know. I think it would be for me. It would be hard to let go of the casting because you can actually. I think if you don't get the right people to the right characters, you can actually ruin the books and the story. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that I mean. When I, I when I try to to see my my feel my books as films, I mean it would definitely ruin the storyline if if it wasn't the, the the right people with the right energy around them, you know, the right perspective and the right feeling, it it wouldn't work. Yeah, I must say, yeah, I agree. So, I, yeah, so I, I can I can definitely understand what you're saying. I. Uh, I don't know about Harrison Ford instead of. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I mean, uh, Harrison Ford has a different style and and he has a different Absolutely. look and it just is more the way the character spoke. Even though it was a professor, yeah. you know, Harrison Ford played a professor in Indiana Jones and other things, so it's exactly. not that far a stretch. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's interesting. It's interesting when, especially interesting if if you read the books and then you see the movie. Mm-hmm, that's a problem. It's, it's, it's <laughs> better not to to combine it, you know, because it's really rare that that you watch a movie and you read the book and it's exactly how you imagined it, right? So, yeah. I think uh, yeah, sometimes it is, but sometimes it's it's just far off, really. Well, look at the the perfectly cast, like Harry Potter, those three kids. I was thinking that about was that, yeah. Just, and actually, every single person in those movies mm-hmm. are just perfectly cast in it. It was yeah. brilliantly produced. Uh, and I think, I I'm not sure, but I think J.K. Rowling has had a big part in mm-hmm. choosing those kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She she worked very closely with the producers, mm-hmm. and I think that's yeah. very important. Yeah. Um, but not all producers are open like that, and I think that was one of the reasons she turned other people down was because they weren't open. Yeah. You know, I think there was one that was a um, a big conglomerate that wanted to put all big uh, uh, American kids, and she's like, no, it's a British book. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I that, was in one of was in one of the documentaries when um when it was a hot you know was still going and <laughs> it was a it was hot and they had all the documentaries and that yeah. was during the build up to the book coming out. Ah, the book sure. is out is one of the funniest things to me. Um. 
you know, because they made it a party and stuff, and it yeah, was, it was yeah. it was odd. I would always order my book and then come like after the weekend, so I didn't have to deal with all that. <laughs> yeah, no, but that that is that the books you've written they're just amazing, and the whole thing around the the Harry Potter books are, is is absolutely amazing. The whole story around it. So. I agree. I agree. Um, now we're going to transition into your book. Uh, what gave you the idea for your book, your new book series, the the life and 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 the, this in betweeners thing? Well, you know, it's it's quite an amazing story because I I used to work in in television and. Uh, I worked there for about seven years, and I could kind of feel that that you know I thought it was really interesting. I had a lot of really amazing assignments all over the world. I worked in the news department and the sports department. I I directed all these big shows, and you know there was always many many things going on, and I was always where this things happening in the in the world. But I thought half of myself was missing. It was like my ego and my my ambition that was driving me so I, I actually decided to quit because I, I felt that I had to reconnect with myself and and turn my my view in towards myself and my personal development instead of just aiming for bigger goals so I went to India to meditate wow. and yeah <laughs> and actually I also worked in a in a big meditation resort down there and coming home I was sitting on uh, actually well what happened was I after television I created a business and that business I had for like I think four or five years and I sold it and I didn't know what to do then and and I, I, I thought, well, I'm not going to make up something I'm going to do because I could easily, you know, make a new website or start consulting or whatever. But I thought, this time I'm going to wait. I'm just going to wait and see what is going to happen. What will be the right thing for me to do? So I was waiting and I was waiting and I was waiting for about four or five months. And I thought, well, what am I going to do? I was getting desperate. And then I went to India, you know, to meditate. And I thought, well, I'm going down there and I'm going down to teach in this meditation resort. And then uh, coming home, I was sitting on the plane. And I was sitting there looking out the window and everybody else around me was sleeping or watching, you know, their device or reading a book or whatever they were doing. And suddenly I felt this shiver, cold sensation, like a shiver down my back. And my body started to shake and in front of me, I saw what seems to be like a, a huge movie screen. And I was just sitting on the plane going, what is this? And it was like, it was so strange because my whole body was just shaking and, and I felt this cold sensation. And in front of me on this, whatever it was, appeared to be like a movie screen. I saw the the characters of of the books I, I wrote afterwards and I saw this place in between I saw a few highlights from the story and and I was just sitting there watching and then I looked around the plane to see if anybody else was seeing what I was seeing because it was really amazing and nobody else saw it and then after you know I don't know how long but if it was very intense but probably no more than 10 15 20 seconds it 
just disappeared. And I was sitting there going, wow, this is the story that I'm going to write. This is what I'm going to do. Now I know exactly what I'm going to do. And I grabbed my laptop from my back and, and I started to write down what I saw. And I probably wrote down seven lines and I just heard myself say, this is going to be at least three books. And then I, I closed my laptop and I never at that time of my life written a fiction book before. I wrote two non-fiction books, but never ever written any fiction before. And, and that's how it, it just came to me. And I got home and I started to rearrange my, my house. So I had a place where I could sit down and write. And when I was ready, I sat down, I looked up uh, in the sky and I kind of just said, okay, so what's going to happen today? And that's how the whole book the first book just came to me. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. So did you meditate yeah. each day to before you started? Is that how you got the beginning of your day to go? Yes, I always meditated. And, and you know, I, I kind of created, a, I wouldn't call it a ritual, but, but I always kind of went to this, same the same place it's kind of entering you know the energy of the space i sat down put on the same music turn on on a candle and and sat down and just i was sitting there breathing for a few minutes and then i asked out in the room what is going to happen today and it just felt like you know sometimes like like watching a game of chess where where the pieces are just moving around by themselves. And that's, I mean, all I had to do was keep up. Every day, something new happened, and I was just like watching it, like the movie continue, and I was like riding as fast as I could. And it only took me about four or five months to complete the story, and then of course I had to go through it many times to 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 make it right and get all the details and stuff like that. But But the first draft, only took about four or five months because I was I was just trying to keep up with what whatever was showing me really yeah wow and uh, so you've made it, it, you said it was three parts the first part is the life have you started the second one already oh it's it's completed and and the third one that's the the first book is the life then the next one is the ring and the third one is called the hope and the hope was just released for the first time ever two days ago oh wow how cool yeah yeah that is it, it's quite amazing because it's been quite a journey i must say and uh the, the first vision of the life I got back in 2007 and then you know I wrote that and it was published in Denmark I had it translated I went to America to find a publisher and I got an agent but then you know the financial crisis just hit and nobody wanted to talk to any foreign authors at that time so nothing really happened and then I went back home and I wrote The Ring and I published it in Denmark but I never got around to get it published in America and and then you know I tried to write the third part of the book but it was like I wasn't allowed to write it for many many years I had to go through a lot of things in my private life and a lot of things I had to experience and I think I had to be ready as well and two years ago uh, in November 19 that's nearly two and a half years ago I I have this feeling now I have to complete the hope I have to 
take time. I have to make it a priority. And then I just took out time in my calendar around Christmas and I sat down and began to write and everything started, you know, to flow again. And then came the COVID-19. And I was out of work, you know, for a few months because all the businesses that I used to go out and teach in, they, they were under lockdown. So suddenly I had time to write and it was like, you know, this flow was so beautiful in a way because I just, I could just feel now, now the time is right to complete the series and uh, for now at least. And so it just unfolded. I had time to complete the book. I had time to have them translated and now they're all published, which is amazing. That's great. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. So now that that's completed, are you? do you have another series that you're working on? Or right now you're just going to go with the flow and not push it and see what happens? Yeah. You know, I, I, I know there could be a book number four. There could probably be another five or six books. Um, but right now I'm just going to enjoy that they're out there and I'm going to nurse them and look after them and and see if I can bring some light to them so more people can read them and benefit from the, both the story but also the insights that are in the story because there's a lot of there's a lot of you know it's it's a it's a great story that's wrapped around a lot of personal development and human insights on how we can live our life more present and fulfilled with more meaning and especially in the time that we're living in right now so so there's a lot of things that that we can actually learn from in the books and i i really like people to to uh, experience that that's great are you um do you have a um a vision of how you want to do your next thing you know i mean i guess that's not the right way to say it uh okay so you've got your book and you're doing uh great and you got all three of them and do you did you do you think that you'll get another vision for like another series or is it going to be like uh like an inspiration that comes from something else like you know nature or movie or something how do you usually work? I mean, that's what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I I usually just listen to the universe, so to speak, because I'm always guided. And I I think I have a lot of book lined up inside of me who wants to, <laughs> that, that, that they want, want me to write them. But first of all, I, I have to find the time to do it, but also have to find out what is, what is right what is true to write right now and and I don't write anything until I know so if it's going to be a book number four or a new series or something totally different I don't know but but when the time is right I will know what to write okay. and I will definitely write more books because I love writing you know so uh, so right now I, do, I don't know I'll leave it open to see where where life is taking me I, I always just go with the flow and do what I'm asked to do Okay, that sounds good. Without giving any spoilers, could you give like a storyline for like the first book to give people an idea of what it's about? 
Yes, for sure. It's about a, a career woman, a journalist who crashes in a in, she's in on a plane and the plane crashes and she's taken into a, to a place called in between she goes into a coma and uh, in this place in between it's a place where you go if you go into a coma or if you die suddenly and people are given 42 days to decide whether they want to wake up and continue their lives if if they are in a coma they can do that of course if they die they need to travel on their soul's journey um and she's given a choice. Does she want to wake up or does she want to continue on her soul's journey? And the choice is just so hard because there's another opportunity arising for her to be a part of something even bigger where she could be, maybe she could be a part of something that needs to, to help mankind evolve, really. Uh, well, we need that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's hope she's choosing that. <laughs> yeah, mankind really needs to evolve. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, do you have like a website or anything like that that people can reach you and say hi? <laughs> Absolutely, and people are always welcome to write me or reach me to say hi. My website is sagaconstantine.com. And people can always write me there. They can also go on social media, Facebook. They can look for me at Saga Constantine Author. And the same uh, on Instagram, Saga Constantine Author. So uh, I should be quite easy to find. Yeah. Hope yeah, hopefully. Could you uh, spell your name because it's quite unusual? It is unusual. And... <laughs> <laughs> now you're asking me to do something really hard. Okay, S A G A R. Not it's not that it's hard to spell my name, but you know, it's sometimes when you have to spell in a language that's not your first language. I really have to concentrate, especially because it's really late here. So my surname is C O N S T A N T I N. Okay. And I think I got it right. You did. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Got it. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true because you're you're probably thinking in your own language. <laughs> Sometimes I am, and and you know, and especially when it's late at night, it's easier during the day where your brain is more awake and and fit, you know. But when it's late at night, it it's it's always harder, you know, when you have to speak another language. Yeah, well, that makes sense to me. I mean. Because, I mean, your brain is probably used to your own language. And even if you speak several languages, you I, I don't know. I mean, I only speak uh, one language, which is English. And I, I have a little bit of other languages. You know, I'm not fluent. So mm. when I do it, it's because I've... I made myself learn at least a little bit of it, <laughs> but if yeah, you speak it yeah. fluently, that must be hard because you. Pr I, I wonder if when you're speaking, do you translate from? No, not anymore. Oh, okay. No. I I used to live in Australia. It's many years ago, but but uh, I don't translate anymore. But but in the beginning, you do, and it's because you know the brain has two systems that works all the time. It it kind of has a lazy system that's called system one, and then it has the system two that's got to do with your clever brain and the brain you use when you do something that is is not a habit, you know, or like speaking a language that is not your first language. Something where you have to really pay attention, and in that 
part of the brain. You actually only have 33 minutes every day to to reach out for your common sense or learn new things. So when you speak a language that is not, you know, like easy, I mean, English is easy for me, but it, 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 if it was harder, it would be really difficult for me to do it at night because I don't have any more of those 33 minutes and my brain will go back to my lazy part of the brain and just do what I always do and that's speak, speak another language, my first language. So whatever we're doing, the brain really prefers to do what is easy instead of reaching out for, for you know, thinking out of the box or changing a habit or speaking another language and that is always harder in the afternoon or at night. That's also the reason why, let's say, now we're changing subject, but, but you know, or I am anyway, if, if you want to change your habit and you say, I don't want to eat any sweets this afternoon or all day and in the morning you succeed but in the afternoon it's really hard because it might not you know, you have to use your clever brain and you don't have any more capacity there. So you fall back on your on your habits, which is probably to eat some sweets in the afternoon because you feel like it. <laughs> I never heard that before. That's fascinating. It is actually, <laughs> yeah. And it's a reason why it's so hard to do achieve goals or fulfill your dreams or change your habit because we, we don't have that much capacity to do it. And then we have to use our willpower, and that's even worse, you know, because people don't have that much willpower to change their habits. Yeah. It's too hard. Tell me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, system one and system two in the brain. Okay. Now I, I'll know to, if I want to work on something to do it in the morning. <laughs> hard stuff in the morning because you're more likely to, to succeed with it. So, all the hard stuff in the morning. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I, interesting thing if I, if we have time, you know. Okay. When I was translating my books from Danish to English, I experienced in the morning I could easily translate 10 to 12 pages easily from 8 in the morning till midday. And when I was translating in the afternoon from around 1 p.m. and sometimes to 4 or 5 or 6 p.m. In, in the afternoon, I never ever succeeded in translating more than two to three pages. Wow. And it wasn't because I didn't want to, but the brain just doesn't have the ability to do it. So for over like a year and a half, I was observing this. In the morning, you know, I could just translate 10 to 12 pages. In the afternoon, never more than two to three pages. And sometimes in the afternoon, I couldn't even remember what words I was using in the morning on, or what, you know, sometimes once I actually experience that I changed the color on the eyes of one of the main characters in the afternoon because <laughs> I, 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 that's crazy I was like how on earth did that happen you know and that's just because you don't have any more of this clever brain uh, lift you know and you fall back on on the, on the on the lazy part of the brain what you know already and all this basic stuff yeah wow that's fascinating. I wonder if that's why I added a cat to one of my books when I was doing a rewrite. <laughs> Kitty well, cat came in somewhere, and I don't know why, but all of a sudden I had a cat. That's amazing. So now, now you know. That's how the cat got there, you know? <laughs> and, and now so I know funny. how the cat came into the book. Okay. That's a good mm -hmm. idea. That's a good knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your 
well, your night to uh, chat with me. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for having me on your show. It was really, really nice to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for chatting with Sherry.